Hi, welcome to Let's Talk Mental Health Podcast, where we'll have conversations about things like vulnerability, self-awareness, traumatic events. We'll even share funny stories, such as the time I realized I was dating the same man as my client. And yes, that really happened. We'll talk about how our parents screwed us up and how we're probably doing the same things to our own kids and how we can break those past negative patterns. I'm a therapist. I'm a boy mom. I'm Jen. Let's talk. Hi, friends. It's Jen, Therapy Queen here. Thank you so much for coming back and listening again. And if this is your first time, I appreciate you for showing up this time as well. So today, I want to talk to you guys about a really big topic. Grief. Grief. It's such a big deal. Everybody has to deal with it in different ways throughout our lives. It's part of our life. And I want to explain how to communicate with people who have went through loss, but also about your own grief. Mostly highlighting how to handle when others lose someone. And I've had to learn my own lessons on this, which we'll get to. So the first topic of grief that I want to talk about is when we lose someone to death. This is probably the first thing that people think about when the word grief comes up. So you've lost a family member. Um, Sometimes it's suddenly and sometimes it's expected. And the way that people handle these situations often looks different. And I don't mean the person grieving. I mean the outside people. And so what I have learned in my work is that it doesn't make it any easier if the person suddenly passed away from, say, a car accident or if they had a lifelong illness that eventually took them. It's still a loss. It's still a huge loss of somebody that was important to them. And so I think it's very important for us to not minimize those things. If it's suddenly or if it's expected, it's still a loss. And it's important to acknowledge that. A sidebar to the loss of someone that we've had in our lives, something that I want to mention that the world dismisses often or maybe we just don't know out of our own ignorance or our own lack of experience, is miscarriages, loss of fertility, and stillbirth. So this is a topic that is often overlooked. Fortunately, I have not had to experience any of that, but I've worked with people who have and had many, many friends and even family members who have experienced one of these three things. And that kind of brings me to part of how we respond to grief. One of the worst things that we can say to somebody when they've lost someone is, well, at least. If you think that you're about to start a sentence with, well, at least, just go ahead and stop yourself right there. Because oftentimes people say, well, at least you can get pregnant. Well, at least you can try again. Well, at least you can adopt. Or if it's somebody that they had in their life who did pass away, 
Well, at least you got 15 years. Well, at least you guys were on good terms. There is nothing about that statement that can make somebody else feel good. So I just kind of wanted to highlight that. So if you start to say, well, at least, just know that it's probably not going to turn out well. Even if the other person on the receiving end doesn't say something about it, it probably will still feel hurtful. Okay, so the next part that I want to talk about is if we lose someone who's still alive, and maybe because either they were a really toxic person, and I don't use the word toxic lightly because I think it's so overused these days, but maybe somebody who was abusive or they didn't respect your boundaries Or in the case of such clients that I've worked with that have had extremely abusive or another word that's really overused, but sincerely narcissistic parents to the point that they had to end their relationship with them. And I'm not meaning somebody who's just a little arrogant or who's a little full of themselves. I mean straight up abuse. And so there are times when people have to cut someone out of their life. And even though they may have chosen to do that, it's still extremely hurtful to them. And in those instances, oftentimes what people get is, well, that's your brother, or that's your mom, or that's your kid. You should make it work. You should be the bigger person. And what they don't know is that oftentimes that person who made the choice to end the relationship tried to make it work for decades and it destroyed them. And so they had to choose what was best for their mental health, which was ending that relationship. But it's still a grief and a loss for them. And I think we have to respect what that looks like. So another part of it is grief of a relationship. So that might be a divorce, a breakup, even losing friendships, or what I've experienced a few years ago is becoming an empty nester. And so whenever we go through those things, sometimes it's a positive change. Sometimes people are happy to get a divorce, or sometimes they are thankful that they're no longer friends with someone, And, you know, for example, as an empty nester, I got to start pursuing things that I wanted to pursue outside of my children. And all of those things are okay if that's what the person really wants and is able to do and make them happy and healthy. But at the same time, they don't need to hear all of the negativity that goes with it. For example, with a divorce... um, You know, somebody might, oh, well, we never liked them anyway. Or, well, you had just a fine life, so what was so bad about it? Or anything else that could be associated with kind of like putting the blame on the person who's going through the loss. Okay, so next topic is loss of a pet. This is a big deal, and again something that I had not really experienced personally, but have seen people that I care about lose a pet. 
a pet as someone that has been their companion, has been their best friend, has gotten them through the most difficult times of their life. And I've noticed that a lot of times people who have pets and don't have children, they care for their pets like they are their children. And oftentimes people on the outside like to say, it's a dog, it's a cat, it's time to move on. But sometimes that can be one of the most profound relationships they have in their life. And they have the right to grieve the loss of that pet however they see fit. Which means if they're still sad about it in a year, then they get to still be sad about it in a year. And if they decide to go get a puppy a week later, then that's what they get to do because it's not our place to tell somebody else how to grieve the loss. And so... On that note, I recently had to learn my own lesson with this because I am a therapist and I'm a really big advocate for going to therapy and talking through our problems. And I remember one time when my mom lost her sister, I believe, and it was probably just a few days after she passed that I said, Mom, are you going to go to counseling? And I remember my mom saying, I mean, she just died. Like, can I have some time to grieve first? And so she took it maybe as kind of like a judgment that I was placing on her, like she should be over it, which was not at all my intention, but I can now see why and how it came across that way. And even though we often think that we're helping someone, we're just trying to be helpful, Sometimes when somebody is in a state of grief, it's not seen or heard that way at all. And so that takes me to the recent incident where I say that I had to learn. And I was suggesting to somebody that I care about that they go to therapy because they have never grieved the loss of their parents. And as I was discussing this with another close friend of mine, she kind of put me in check and said, I don't think it's fair that you are telling this person how they should grieve their parents. They get to grieve how they want to grieve. And I am the first person to always tell people that and say, you get to grieve how you want to grieve. If you want to suppress it briefly and deal with it later, if you want to go to the bar, if you want to pray about it, you get to grieve how you want to grieve. And yet here I was placing my own opinion and judgment on somebody else who's lost their parents, and yet I've never experienced that, which still wouldn't give me the right to try to tell somebody how they should grieve the loss of anyone in their life. So yes, back to what I was saying is we don't get to tell people how to grieve. If they want to stay home every night and not go out anywhere, or if they want to consume themselves with a busyness or throw themselves into work or take up a new hobby, we don't get to decide how they're grieving because people don't often wear their grief on the outside. They don't often walk around crying right after they've lost someone in public. They don't often talk about it. And speaking of talking about it, I've seen this happen a million times. This just kind of goes back to a communication thing, but 
I've seen it happen with grief a lot. Nine times out of ten, if you tell someone, oh, I lost my fill-in-the-blank, somebody else is going to respond and say, oh, yeah, I lost my so-and-so, and I remember this and that, and they give you all the reasons and all of their struggles instead of hearing that person. And so when someone does want to talk about it, try to allow them that space and give them the opportunity to express how they're feeling with their own words and their own actions. Try to show up for them in the way that they need to be helped. Not putting our own needs first and going, oh, well, I better do this or I better do that or take them food or take them plates, but more so asking them, how can I show up for you? Because what happens most of the time is somebody passes and we say, let me know if you need anything. And nine times out of 10, the person is not going to reach out and ask. So asking them, how can I show up for you? What do you need from me? And sometimes it means just showing up, showing up and sitting with them. And I think some of the only words that we can say to someone who's lost someone is, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry to hear about your loss. How can I show up for you? What do you need from me? Because anything else is going to I don't know that any words can be helpful, but at the same time, we don't want to add extra stuff just to fill in the blanks because we are uncomfortable with grief and loss. And I've heard clients even say, I don't know what to say when someone says, I'm sorry for your loss. And if you are that person, just say thank you. You don't have to say it's okay because it's usually not okay. You're usually sad. And maybe you're mad. Maybe there's one of the other emotions. Maybe you're in denial. But if somebody says, I'm sorry for your loss, all you have to say is, thank you. And if you're the person on the outside, all you have to say is, how can I show up? How can I show up for you? And how can I help? I hope this was somewhat helpful. And I know that it's a broad topic, so we could probably do a whole nother show on this. I'm also open to questions and feedback from it. And if you are a person who's been through grief and think that you have something to add to this, I am happy to cover that on another show in the future, another episode. Um, And now I'm going to do my ICU letter. And I decided to do this letter to my mom. Dear mom, I see you. I see the loss you've had from your dad to your sister, your mom, your brother, your best friend, and your nephew. I see you. I see how you've kept going, kept moving along, and kept your grief to yourself. I see you. I can't imagine how hard it has all been. I see you. Once the funerals were over, your pain did not subside, and yet you kept taking care of everyone else. I see you. 
Looking back when I was 14 and Grandpa Mac, your dad, had only passed away less than a year from this time when I was in eighth grade. And I said, you've been in a bad mood ever since he died. Man, I was a selfish, bratty teenager, and I'm so sorry for that. I saw the countless nights that you spent taking care of him. I saw that he was your best friend. And I remember that you had to have only been 33 or 34 years old while you were raising three children. I didn't see you very well then, but I definitely see you now. I can't begin to place myself in your shoes, and I'm thankful for that. But I want you to know that I do see you, and I love you, Mom. Thank you guys so much for joining me again today. I couldn't do this without your support, and I am very thankful for that. If this episode was helpful to you, or if you think it would be helpful to someone else, please follow and share. I see you. I hear you. You are enough. One last thing. If you believe that you are in crisis, I want you to know that you can dial 988 to the National Crisis and Suicide Hotline. 